Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. Boxing Day belonged to Australia as England were bowled out for 185. Australia's captain Pat Cummins sent England in at the toss and then took the first three wickets of the innings in a one-sided opening session. Joe Root was again the standout for the visitors, but several of his teammates were dismissed in bizarre or embarrassing ways. Australia finished the day on 1 for 61, trailing by only 124 runs, with Marcus Harris not out on 20 at stumps. Earlier today, Louis Cameron spoke to Ricky Ponting for his Ashes analysis, proudly brought to you by HCL, the official digital technology partner of Cricket Australia. I'm speaking to Ricky Ponting on day one of the Boxing Day test. The Aussies are on top yet again just about every time we've uh, spoken, Ricky. That's been the case. I wanted to speak to you, first of all, about Pat Cummins and his opening spell. It was uh, it was something to behold, uh, dismissing England's top three batters. What did you make of uh, how he bowled in that session? Oh, look, I think it's what we've come to expect from Pat Cummins, to tell the truth, Louis. Like, he's... You know, the thing about him is he's ultra skillful, he's ultra competitive, he's resilient, but he just doesn't bowl any bad balls. You know, and they got really good bowling conditions this morning. Obviously, winning the toss and choosing to bowl, and uh, he just executed perfectly. And, and when you know, with conditions like that, with the, you know the world's number one fast bowler and bowling to batters that technically you know are just not standing up, then you can understand how he can make a mess of their top order pretty quickly. It's been a bit overlooked, I guess, his return and the fact that he had to miss a test through isolation. Um, what does it kind of, I guess, say about his um, maybe resilience is the right word or, or maybe something else, just that, that he's able to step back into test cricket so seamlessly? Yeah, well, I spoke to him this morning. He was actually quite angry, the fact that he had to miss last week. You know, I think it went from disappointment to anger pretty quickly, sitting back and watching the, watching the boys, you know, win in Adelaide and probably watching someone else captain his team was probably not an easy thing for him to... To accept either, but you know, back at the at the helm today, probably a, a sort of a gutsy decision as well for a fast bowler to win the toss and bowl first, because a lot of the pressure then would have had to come back on him to make sure they got the job done. And he stood up and got it done beautifully. Um, and it was not just his first spell today; there are every spell that he's come back for has been very, very good. And you know, that's why Hazelwood and him and and with Stark in the side and, and Nathan Lyon, that's why they. Are such a good bowling outfit because there's just they're just relentless. There's not there's nothing easy. There's no easy runs, you know. There's no cut shots. There's no la, you know rank half volleys that you can drive and put away either. And even just looking at the way that he did bowl, he adjusted his length a little bit from what his natural length is. So there's the last wickets just fallen. So um, yeah, the, I mean he's he's hung. He's obviously he's hungry. Um, you know he's happy in his role. He's on top of his own game, and that comes through the way that he's playing. I did want to ask you about the decision for him to bowl first. That's obviously something that um, you know well about the, um, you know, what can come back on you when you, um, you know, when you make that decision and it doesn't go your way. There's obviously no demons for him on that front. Oh, no. And if you had been here this morning, it was just absolutely perfect bowling conditions. Now, there's 11 millimetres of grass left on this wicket, which you don't see at the MCG. Um, it had just stopped raining, overcast conditions, but they cleared the ground up really well by the time they tossed, so there was no worry about the ball getting wet. 
Um, and as you can see, with England just being bowled out now, it's been shown to be absolutely the right decision. So up to the batters now. You know, the bowlers have got their job done. The, the Australian catching again has been really good today. Um, up to the batters now to go out there and, and try and get through tonight relatively unscathed. Do Pat bowl with the new ball more often? Oh, I think in the right times and right moments, yes. You know, with, with Josh and, and Mitchell there, I mean, you can't really argue much about what they have done. Uh, but it just goes to show that if, if the timing's right, and he's done it before, hasn't he? He's, he's done it before when, you know, if Stark hasn't been quite as good in the first innings or it comes time for a second new ball, then, you know, anyone that's as skillful as him can definitely bowl with a new ball and an old ball. No doubt about that. Uh, Pat must have been listening to you on these podcasts, Ricky, because he did hand the ball to Cameron Green a bit earlier. Uh, did, did you enjoy seeing him um, getting, I guess, getting the ball a bit earlier than he than he has been previously? Yeah, look, he he's getting better by the game, I think, with the ball. Um, you know, his pace is really good. Uh, he's hitting pretty good areas as well. He's got a very good bouncer. You look at some of the dismissals in the last couple of games, it does look like he's intimidating some of the English batsmen a little bit. Um, I think that's fair to say, even with um, Ben Stokes' dismissal today. It's a strange shot for someone like him to play. So... Uh, no, look, he's he's very impressive, and and I think you know the more that he plays, and um, you know he can he can easily even I'd like to see him with a new ball in hand at some stage. I mean that's probably not going to happen for a long time, but uh, he's he's done it bold, you know, first change and stuff for WA, and and as a noted swing bowler, so it's going to be exciting. The more he keeps growing into his body, and the more he keeps um, getting some more experience at Test level. Ricky, let's go on to uh, get on to England then. And I wanted to ask you in particular about the dismissals of, of Joe Root, Ben Stokes and Josh Butler, three of their, you know, probably senior guys, if not most senior players. Um, what did you, you make, I guess, of those dismissals in particular today? Uh, Joe Root, very similar to some of his other dismissals in this series, to be honest. You know, we talked about how he can probably get away with playing balls like that or shots like that in England where there's not as much bounce. But with the extra bounce that they've had in Brisbane, Adelaide and, and certainly here at the MCG day one, you just can't be wafting and pushing the bat at the balls a long way away from your body off front or back foot. And, you know, he's done it three or four times in this series now. Hamid's done it a lot, although Hamid got a good ball today. Um, Stokes just seemed like a really strange shot. I think, I, think he was, I think he was scared of the field placement, to be honest. Had a deep backward square in place and... Uh, you know, a short ball at the body that instead of playing a pull shot, which is an you know, instinctive shot for him, he tried to go the other way and ramp one over the, the slip cord, which he'd, he'd actually tried only four or five overs earlier as well and, and played and missed at that one. So, yeah, those two, and, and then Joss Butler, I mean, on, on the stroke of T, um, you know, coming off how hard he fought last week in Adelaide and, you know, played a real rear guard action there and tried to hold the end up for his team. To come out and do that um, three minutes, two minutes before the T break, you know, inexcusable. For three of your more senior players and the players that they needed to stand up on the back of what we believe was some pretty stern discussion after the Adelaide game, if your leaders are not going to do it, then you can't expect this, the younger guys to, to, to stand up and get the job done. I mean, the young guys have got to learn from the senior players and when the senior players are setting an example like that, you can understand why, you know, some of the younger guys are making mistakes as well. I was going to ask you about that and I guess the fact that there was the strong feedback. Um, I think Mark Wood called it a kick up the bum. Uh, in the aftermath of the Adelaide test. Did you see any signs that they were, were taking in a new strategy or they heeded some lessons from that? Not on what I've seen today. I mean, the thing about it, you can talk as much as you want, but it, we can only judge on the actions that we see. And some of the actions that we've seen today didn't look like they were up for the fight at all. I mean, they, they showed a lot, didn't they, in the second innings in Adelaide and everyone thought that that might have been a bit of a blueprint for them how to fight and, and get through some tough situations. And it was a tough situation today. I mean, that was a, that was a difficult wicket, but... You know, that's where 
Ash's names are made. It's it's about getting through tough periods of, of play for your team. And and today, I mean, Joe Root played well again, got to 50 again and got out, but the rest of them really didn't look like it. It was it's uh, it's been you know, very ordinary batting from this outfit in the first two and a half test matches. If you can sum up today, I mean, I heard you talking a little bit on Channel 7 about some of the technical things that Joe's got, and you're talking about the eye that he's looking through and almost suggested he could he could switch that up a little bit. If you just sum up, I guess, the way these guys are going out, do you see it more as the technical thing, more of a tactical thing? Is it mental? Yeah, look, I don't know. I just think looking at Ben Stokes so far in the series, he's looked ultra-defensive. He hasn't looked like the, the big, physically aggressive sort of presence at the crease that probably opposition teams are feared to, to bowl to in, in other series. Um, and he can understand why. The batting conditions haven't been easy in any game. Simple as that. And he's coming up against some good bowlers. But I think if you just sit back and wait and don't put pressure on, on great bowlers, they're going to get you out. You know, we, we always used to say around teams that I played in, you know, the better the bowler, the more risk you had to take as a batter because you simply don't get bad balls. You don't, so you've got to find a way to, to jump on anything that's a little bit bad, rotate the strike as much as you can. And if you think back to the way Ben Stokes... And I know some of it's been dictated too by the where his team's been and the positions they've been in, but it's been an ultra-defensive mindset, apart from a couple of shots today. Are they asking too much of him? Like, in a sense, I imagine if you look back to someone like Adam Gilchrist, and you, you might agree or disagree with this comparison, but... I imagine you would have never said to him, you know, I want you to block an end today and um, and bat maybe the way Stokes is at the moment. Is he the kind of guy that needs to be freed up a little bit? Yeah, we talked about that in commentary as well, whether five's a slot too high, whether that's at number six. So he sort of recognised more of an all-rounder at six rather than an out-and-out batsman at number five because it mightn't sound like much of an adjustment, but he's probably going into the game knowing that it's so important that he scores runs in a number five slot that... Um, you know, might be trying a little bit too hard. We, but we had a look at that. His record's better at five than it is at six. You know, I think he averages 41 at five and 35 or 36 at number six. So, but the bottom line with it, Louis, is that <laughs> technically he might be their second best player. That's that's the thing. So you can't keep pushing him down the list when you're, you're batting guys with inferior techniques a- ahead of him. And if you look at everyone outside of Joe Root, then I would say that technically he's their second second best player. Very good. The last one I want to ask you about was uh, the debutante, Scotty Boland. Um, I guess, what have you made of uh, him in, in your first look at him at test level? Yeah, look, I think you know what you're going to get, don't you? I don't think there's any surprises with Scott Boland today. I mean, he's what he did today, he's been doing around the first-class scene for, you know, four or five years. At his last you know, last two seasons, Victoria have been outstanding. Um, you know, if he's got some assistance in the wicket, that he'll, he'll get the seam up and, and, and seam it around. You know, he, he bowls a heavy ball, hits the bat hard, and you think, and bowls a good line and length, and that's what he's... That's just what he's cut out to do, which is not a bad package to be for a, for a test bowler. So, you know, even to get conditions like he got today, to be making his day and be on his home ground in front of nearly 60,000 people, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's been a pretty special day so far for him. Unless he gets, unless he gets the night watchman duties tonight. <laughs> he might do. He might do. He might take that one off Nathan Lyon. Appreciate your time, Ricky. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.